You're listening to Transforming Insight, the podcast for anyone who has the ambition to transform their insight team and create an insight-driven organization. Your host is James Witcherly, Chief Executive of the Insight Management Academy and the author of the book Transforming Insight, The 42 Secrets of Successful Corporate Insight Teams. Hello again, and welcome to the latest episode of the Transforming Insight podcast. This one's called Painting Insight Pictures. Napoleon Bonaparte supposedly said that a good sketch is better than a long speech. And if we take a quick look at the world around us, it's obvious that organisations are increasingly using visual communication to get their messages across to their customers. As consumers ourselves, of course, we all recognise that images are a lot easier to follow than words very often. From the ubiquitous IKEA self-assembly instructions to the the colourful infographics and the Sunday newspapers and the YouTube video guides on how to manage, well, practically any aspect of our lives. Internal corporate departments have tended to be slower to use visual communication, but done well, they can be an extremely effective tool for many, including our own insight teams. Done badly, however, they can overcomplicate things and just confuse. So why is it that visuals are so important? A few years ago, my colleague Julia Joski carried out the IMA's first best practice research on this topic, and she suggested four key reasons. The first was that she believes that we're all visually wired. Scientists believe that 50% of our brain is involved in visual processing, and we can get a sense of a visual scene in less than one-tenth of a second. Second, we find visuals more engaging, For example, research shows that colourful visuals increase a willingness to read by up to 80%. Third, we also find visual communication more accessible. A study of comprehension rates of medicine labels, for example, showed 70% for labels with text only, but 95% with text and pictures. And people following directions with text and illustrations do more than three times better than people following directions without illustrations as demonstrated by those self-assembly furniture instructions. And finally, we find visual communication more persuasive. One study showed that 50% of an audience were persuaded by a purely verbal presentation versus 67% of the audience who were persuaded by verbal presentation and accompanying visuals. Simply adding pictures of brain scans and mentioning cognitive neuroscience makes people more inclined to believe what they're reading. The complication is that as insight professionals, we're not artists or graphic designers, and we wouldn't have the time to spend hours creating masterpieces even if we were. So how can we make our visual communications look good and have impact? I think the answer is threefold. First, we can train ourselves to think like an insight designer, the sixth of our insight communication characters and give some thought to how we can use pictures to help us to solve problems and to present ideas. It doesn't have to be complicated. We can have huge impact just by using simple shapes like triangles, squares and circles to communicate our ideas. Kevin Duncan's The Diagrams book is a great source of inspiration and he demonstrates how very simple shapes can be used to great effect. Good examples include a pyramid with three bands, where the base often illustrates a platform, a middle band is a transition area, and the peak an achievement of some sort, a destination or an elite group. 
The pyramid is very useful for insight teams when describing the shape of their organization's customer base or the market within which it operates. Typically, high volume or mass market at the base with lower volume but high value or profitability or engagement, whatever, towards the top of the pyramid. Second example is squares and four box models. One axis can represent time maybe or direction. A second axis creates a grid and if you enclose it, then you've got the consultant's beloved four-box model. Lots of famous examples of this one, but one would be the priority matrix, importance versus urgency for tasks, found in Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Another is Ansoff's matrix, that's the new product or market expansion grid. And a third example would be Venn diagrams. They provide a highly flexible system of interlocking circles with many applications for insight teams. You can use circles to represent different customer groups, for example, maybe defined by product holdings, needs or demographics. How the circles overlap demonstrates groups with shared characteristics and areas of uniqueness. And circle size can be varied to represent volume. Barclays Insight team used Venn diagrams to illustrate insights on channel use, showing the extent to which customers who use bank branches also use telephone banking or mobile banking. Further examples found in Kevin Duncan's book are things like the rising wedge. Think about a a piece of cheese in your mind, or the target, or the cycle. Another way in which we can take the, the talents of the Insight designer is to use them in combination with some of the things that we're talking about. We talked about the Insight editor in last week's podcast and produce charts that enable one key message to stand out. David McCandless, the data journalist and author of Information is Beautiful, believes that all insight professionals have a a dormant design literacy that gives us the potential to produce effective infographics. Colness Bamanaflik of Storytelling with Data has effectively demonstrated the power of decluttering our charts. You can find lots of those on YouTube. And finally, let's think about moving images. They're even more compelling than still images. And we should look at ways to incorporate animations and video footage for consumers at every opportunity, or for our internal consumers of our insight work in our organisations. The late great Hans Rosling, author of Factfulness, was celebrated for his moving bubble charts. Again, you can find lots of examples of those on YouTube. And many more progressive insight teams, from Unilever to Coca-Cola, make great use of customer vox pops on their insight portals. Diane Earnshaw, founder of Vox Pops International, was a leading pioneer of the use of videos in insight communication, and her company has now developed ways of animating spreadsheets and dashboards to make them more engaging and allow insight teams to overlay pictures with their key messages. In the Transforming Insight book, I said that the 20th secret of successful insight teams is that they develop their visual communication skills to tell stories through pictures and diagrams. If your organisation is a member of the IMA, and if you have a licence to access our website, you can explore all the topics relating to insight communication further in the IMP 400 series of guides and the IMV 400 series of videos. My colleagues Lisa Dutton, Julia Josky and Roy Hammond also run a number of open online workshops designed to help insight managers, researchers and analysts all improve their communication skills. And you don't have to be a member of the IMA to sign up for those. You're listening to the Transforming Insight podcast published by the Insight Management Academy, the world's leading authority on transforming corporate insight teams.
Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the IME's Insight Visualisation Expert, Julia Josky. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, James. So I've been talking about Insight Visualisation as I described it in the book, but you spend a lot of your time working with Insight teams through workshops and coaching, talking about this topic. Where would you begin if you were addressing a group of Insight professionals about this? Well, during our workshops, I usually start with a discussion about how they feel about the quality of the visual communication that they or their team are producing at the moment. And I would certainly say that it's true that for most insight professionals, this isn't an area that they feel particularly confident about. And the barriers they talk about is confidence. And that comes from a feeling that they don't have the right skill set or that it's simply a matter of time. You know, I think people feel that to produce high quality visuals takes a lot of time. You mentioned David McCandless. He's the author of a couple of books. One is called Information is Beautiful. And if you look at his work, it is very high quality. And I imagine the sort of data visuals he produces do take a lot of time. But the thing I say to people on my visual communication workshops is, be inspired by this sort of work but don't be intimidated by it. It's a good line. When I was talking to Lisa about storytelling on a previous episode of the podcast, we sort of made a similar point that you can be inspired by things that people describe as storytelling, but you've got to really be an insight professional in order to think, yeah, but how can I actually apply that to the day job uh, that I do? Do you think that insight people naturally think about the visual side of jobs or is it something that they don't really give any attention to naturally? I think it's something that probably happens right at the end of a project and whenever we talk about communication of insight we always make the point that this needs to be something that you're thinking about right from the very start and all the way through that piece of work and when it comes to the visuals I think the most important thing is that you are clear on what it is that you are trying to communicate, what your key messages are. So I certainly wouldn't say to anyone to start thinking too much about the visuals until you're clear on what those key messages are. That's not something to leave right to the end of a project, you know, know what those key messages are. But once you're clear on that, then think about, okay, what is the visual I need here that's going to help evidence the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I I remember uh, when I ran an analysis team, often used to say to people, there are charts and graphs that you you need to draw in order to work out what the message is to start with. All those times when you go and download all the data and you dump it into Excel or Tableau or whatever, and you're looking at it, and you're trying to observe patterns and pictures and shapes. Visuals are, are really important for analysts, aren't they, to actually work out what the messages are. But visual for communication, that's an entirely different thing, isn't it? And I often used to think that people would sort of lift and drop the diagrams and charts and graphs that they'd used for the first thing, uh, in in other words, working out what the message was, and just stick them in the end presentation. And of course, those aren't fit for purpose at all, are they? No, you're describing the two different sort of scenarios that we use visuals, aren't you, there? First of all, in the insight generation phase, 
and then secondly in the insight communication phase and I've heard the first described as a a graveyard of charts because you create so many in terms of trying to you know improve your own understanding of an issue and then you understandably discard 99% of them so when it comes to the communication part of that and you're creating a visual to communicate your key point start with the key point not the visuals so understand what it is you're trying to communicate and really importantly what it is that you want your audience to do with that information Um, and then it will become much easier to select the right type of visual if if that might be a chart and you need to decide whether that needs to be a bar chart or a different type of chart or it could be as you've mentioned um, in the first half of, of the podcast an image a video clip something else entirely. Do you think maybe analysts in particular, because we've been through that sort of chronological process, are, are a bit too, too attached still to sort of quite traditional you know, bar charts and graphs and, and whatever, and, and don't think a little bit wider about all the different ways that quite simple diagrams and shapes can provide a very clear view of messages that we're trying to get across? Nothing wrong with a bar chart. I would always advise that the... The, the best visual to choose is the one that makes it easiest for your audience, which is why I say you need to be clear on what the messages you're trying to communicate and what you want your audience to do with it. So in some cases, a simple bar chart is absolutely the right visual to choose. But I know the point you're making that there is, I think, scope for insight teams to be a lot more creative with the visual that they choose to evidence their key points. And What I talk about on my visual communication workshop is really simple ways to do that. So these sort of simple diagrams to help you communicate some key ideas or points are there for people that don't have the skills of graphic designers and don't have lots and lots of time to produce these materials. You know, it's it's absolutely designed for people in the insight world who who are facing those those barriers really of skill and time pressure. It's just another of those areas where given sufficient confidence and just the the license to think about this, I think insight teams can make such a difference, can't they? You must have seen loads of examples where just thinking about this stuff and acknowledging that it is part of the day job for insight managers and analysts and researchers, that in itself releases a more creative way of, of thinking about things, doesn't it? I think there's such an opportunity. I think for most of us in our corporate environments, if you think about the quality of most visual communication that you see in your corporate environment I think you'll find the bar is quite low it's not at the David McCandless level what that means for us in insight is we could really make a difference if we just elevate the quality of our visual communication by a few points you know we can really stand out from the crowd there's a great David McCandless quote where he says If you're navigating a dense information jungle, coming across a beautiful graphic or a lovely data visualisation is a relief, like a clearing in the jungle. And I think most of us probably recognise that description of our corporate environments as a dense information jungle. So if we aim to create visuals that feel like a relief, that are simple, that are uncluttered, where the key message literally jumps out from the page and doesn't require lots of 
brain processing effort on the part of our audience, you can see how in these environments that we work in, that has the potential to have huge impact. Certainly can. Juliet, thank you so much. So here's a reminder of five key points that you might like to take away from this podcast. Number one, a good sketch is usually better than a long speech. We're hardwired to take notice of colourful pictures, not boring text. So always remember the visual aspect to communication. Number two, our brains not only take more notice of visual communication, they find them more engaging, accessible and persuasive. All things that are really important for insight professionals. Number three, as Julia was saying, there are barriers to insight professionals thinking like design specialists. We don't have the time, we don't necessarily have the experience, we don't have the confidence. But we can all learn to illustrate our ideas with simple diagrams. Number four, we should also edit our charts. Allowing time to edit, whether it's our stories, our narrative, our pictures, is always really important. And decluttering standard templates and graphs so that the clear message stands out is all important. And number five, moving images are even more compelling. So we should try to find ways of incorporating animations and video footage when we're trying to communicate insight. This episode completes our focus on insight teams' work to drive change through communication. We've looked at the importance of planning a top-down insight communication, of shaping our stories like insight consultants, of adopting the hats worn by authors, journalists and editors to share stories more effectively. And finally, today, the benefits of using pictures, both to solve problems and then illustrate the insight that we're trying to communicate. In our next episode, I'm going to be joined by Emma Jones and Lisa Dutton to review some of the IMA's most recent thinking and best practice research, including the Insight Playbook and how Insight teams have responded to requests, and the state of knowledge management systems and how we use them within our companies. And then after Easter, we'll begin season four of our podcast and turn to some of the management challenges we face if we want to transform our Insight teams and their impact. Thank you for listening. Transforming Insight is available on all leading podcast platforms. Subscribe now to get notified when the next episode is released. Check out all the resources in the show notes and sign up to our email list. The Transforming Insight podcast is brought to you by the Insight Management Academy, who reserves the rights to the content. For more information on any of the ideas discussed in the episode, please visit www.insight-management.org. 